0: Hey everyone, we are ENFPs, and we are pretty curious about the legitimacy of these personality tests everybody keeps talking about. Two million people every year take the Myers-Briggs test to find out about their own personality, and its popularity only continues to grow. I'm Sarah Roulette, and I'm Michaela
1: Payne. The Enneagram is another popular personality test that seems to have taken our age group by storm. These tests highlight a person's natural tendencies and deepest motivators. They may help you understand yourself and others a little better, but is it a good idea for us to box in like that? Let's go back to why these tests were made in the first place. The history and popularity of the personality assessment is a complex path to explore. It goes so far back we find it in records of Plato's experimenting with the idea of how people function, essentially creating types of personality. But the serious advancement and the development of what we commonly know as the personality test began in the 1920s. Catherine Cook Briggs and Carl Jung both began their research into personality during this time, Briggs specifically in 1917. She passed her research to her daughter, Isabel Briggs Myers, who completed the work and published their first book called Briggs-Myers and a Type Indicator Handbook, published in 1944. This test is based on the conceptual theory proposed by Carl Jung, who had speculated that human experience, the world, using four principal psychological functions, sensation, intuition, feeling, and thinking, and that one of these four functions is dominant for a person most of the time. Meanwhile, in the 1950s, Oscar Ichazo began creating and teaching his Enneagram of Personality a self-development assessment. By the late 1990s, with the death of Myers and the global reach of the test developing, they became overwhelmingly popular. My question is why have they become so popular? NBC News suggests that it's because of millennials' increasing obsession to self-discovery. They want to search for who they are and seek understanding through means of these self-assessments in order to gain something to resonate with. The modern generation seeks for someone to understand them. And oftentimes, these tests just offer a glimpse of that understanding, even if the consumers are buying more than they should, sometimes accepting qualities that are not true of themselves. Everyone wants a sense of identity. People like confirmation in their qualities, particularly strengths. In spite of the frivility, we all have an existential craving to be validated and seen, NBC News says. Results from these kinds of tests can make one feel as if they have a sense of agency over their life. It's no mystery when we look at our generation why tests like the Myers-Briggs and Enneagram are blowing up in popularity.
0: As always, there is some pushback to the trend. For starters, the dark side of personality testing hit the school system like a freight train in 2015, when colleges around our nation proudly came forward with their use of personality questionnaires in their admission process. A lot of people were critical of that, fearing that colleges will admit more students who seem objectively charming and successful over like, the quietly capable group. Harvard even got hit with a nasty lawsuit a couple years back when they referred to the Asian community as less kind and less personable, limiting their admission to the school. On an individual level, some people are skeptical that a test can define them at all, and others are made nervous by the lack of credibility of those who created these tests in the first place. This is a clip from a fun little show called Adam Ruins Everything, which airs on True TV. They did a segment on the Myers-Briggs test and the minds behind its invention.
2: Yeah, the Myers-Briggs uses a lot of science-y sounding jargon, but the truth is, it wasn't invented by scientists at all. Take a look. The year 1921. Famed psychologist Carl Jung has a theory. I surmise human beings can be broken down into eight different personality types. There was just one problem. This was a time before psychology used scientific methods, like data or controlled experiments. So the eight types were just guesses based on Jung's personal experiences. My wife feels emotions all the time. (laughs) Her type is a feeler. Yep, that is good enough for science in 1921.
1: But Carl Jung didn't even make the test. Myers and Briggs, or whoever they are, they took his ideas and made them better.
2: Uh, Not quite. The year is 1943. Mystery novelist Isabel Briggs Myers and her magazine writer mother, Catherine Cook Briggs, had a lot of time on their hands. Mama, I'm bored of writing mystery novels. Everyone else is off having fun at war. Say, I have an idea. I just read some old Carl Jung book about personality types, and I bet us two unqualified nobodies could do a better job. Yes, let's do some science or whatever. Let's create an influential test that will be widely used for decades. And so these two writers, who had no scientific training, took theories from one of Carl Jung's non-scientific books and came up with their list of personality types. Ooh, my friend Carrie is such a Samantha. We have to put that in. Which, for some reason, they doubled from eight to 16. And in 1944, they published the thing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so i'm recording now it's
3: your own fault.
0: uh so we're talking about uh personality yeah. tests so chris What's i up? take it you don't like to be labeled
3: it's not even i don't like to be labeled there's objective things that you can label people as you know mm-hmm. like you know where you're born where you're from or things like that but personality and psychology given that psychology is still a growing field it's just it's just so, uh, I think, cocky.
0: Do you not trust it? I don't,
3: it's not the I don't trust it. I, I mean, yes, first of all, I don't trust it. Uh, and I mean, it just seems to me that it's just so um, blind to assume that you can categorize the psychology of human beings and perfect little neat boxes, you know. Of course, there's things like introverted and extroverted, but that's more like behavior, behavioral components necessarily than personality and psychology.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So... For the most part, I think psychology... Not psychology tests, but uh, personality tests are ultimately just a fun gimmick you put in magazines for teenagers. <laughs> you
0: know? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, you took the Myers-Briggs, yeah, which I did. is... I think Myers-Briggs is supposed to be geared more toward, um, like, your nature as a person, like, mm-hmm. whether or not you're extroverted or introverted, whether or not you're, like, more judging or... Whether you perceive or judge. Um... And then, like the Enneagram, for example, which is what I'm going to make you take. Yeah, that's the one I'm
3: familiar <laughs> with.
0: Um, that one's much more like digs into what you would fear most mm. or what you need most mm. in your life, which is like a lot deeper of a test. Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel about like a test like that?
3: I feel like those are interesting. That just, I guess that reminds me in a way of like the tests that tell you, like, oh, what, where do you, how do you express the love for other people or like, buddy, how do you feel? What things make you feel loved that other people do and stuff like that what i feel like usually usually it boils down there was a meme or a tweet that i saw about it where it's like oh introverted versus extroverted uh uh tests are always like oh do you like sitting alone forever and for the rest of your life or doing cocaine with 60 friends in the park or whatever and it's like yeah they're really like i feel like ultimately when you're reading them and you're looking at the questions it's like okay obviously i can cheat my way through these and get any answer that i want because
0: it's one extreme or the other exactly it's one
3: extreme or the other or like the answers are just like so obviously geared to one thing so it's never it, i never feel like i'm like oh this thing is actually figuring me out no it's like oh of course if you ask me these questions you're probably gonna figure out hmm. what things i prefer or not you know yeah yeah,
0: yeah. that makes sense but yeah
3: when it comes to the test you're describing i mean i'm fun to take it because again like i don't the, the <laughs> thing i think is that psycho uh, tests are fun to do i just don't think they have any like Degree of validity beyond just a fun thing to do.
0: hmm Do you think that so you think they're Like they're overdone now.
3: Yeah, I think they're they're really gimmick (sighs) Okay, there you go, I'm type three the achiever
0: Read it. Read it. Tell me if it's accurate. okay.
3: Achievers are energetic, optimistic, self-assured, and goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. How to get along with me? Well, leave me alone when I'm doing my work. Please don't. I get very lonely. Uh, give me honest but not unduly critical or judgmental feedback. Help me keep my environment harmonious and peaceful. No. Don't burden me with negative emotions. No. You see, this is wrong already because I. Really. Yeah, because don't burden me with negative emotions. Like that doesn't bother me really. Like.
0: Scroll down to. Um, yeah. What's hard about being a three?
3: Uh, those are usually the most having to put up with inefficiency and incompetence that's very true the fear of not being or often not being seen as successful that is very true comparing myself to people who do things better that's also true struggling to hang on to my success putting facades in order to impress people always being on is exhausting okay so everything up until that was very Mm -hmm. not everything about what's hard about being a three is true i can relate to those
0: does it make you uncomfortable that those are accurate
3: no i feel like those are very common problems that a lot of people who have like that that sense of like what they want to achieve and stuff like that get mm-hmm. um and it's things that it's not even like oh i never thought about these like i've already i feel like i've even talked with you about feeling this way before and things like that you know and mm-hmm. like i know i know this about myself already um but i guess like how to get along with me and like what i like about being a three kind of are not as spot on like the i guess the last part is pretty spot on in my opinion yeah
0: do you think it's dangerous because not everybody's going to be as sure of themselves as you right Hmm. so do you think it's dangerous for people to get into the habit of taking these tests and then defining themselves by it
3: i think it's as dangerous as say something like astrology you know where you so for example there's people who do it for fun they're like oh yeah it's just a fun little thing like it's fine but when you start basing your entire personality and your, your interactions with the other people and your friends and your relationships that, and as to how these things told you to be or how these things predict that you're going to be, I, I think, it, what is it? It can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? And, and that, that can be dangerous because ultimately you're surrendering your individuality and your autonomy to something that, you know, again a gimmick of a oh, fun little personality test thing you know like are you, is that really what's going to govern how you behave and how you interact with others you know yeah i think it's it's like it's fun and it can definitely tell you something about yourself but like i think that you can discover more about yourself by you know looking being introspective <laughs>